The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Elon Musk, under fire after endorsing an anti-Semitic post on X, the fallout or the lack of it for one of the richest and most powerful men in the world. It's Friday, November 17th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I am Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. Elon Musk is no stranger to many divisive cultural and social issues. He wades in often on Twitter or X, replying often, criticizing U.S. immigration policy, uh, gender politics, giving credence to many different conspiracy theories. But the latest deed is endorsing an anti-Semitic post. At a time when emotions are running very, very high. So this is raising the question, has he finally gone too far? Let's talk about the actual post at first. So he agreed with a post on X that said Jewish communities, quote, have been pushing hatred against whites. The post also referenced, quote, hordes of minorities flooding Western countries, which is very incendiary language, Mark. And in the past, when he's replied or retweeted to something, um, you know, there's always been someone out there who said, okay, maybe he meant something else. But this one was very clear, especially his response. Right, exactly. He said, this is the absolute truth. Um, so it's hard to sort of read that in any way, except, um, except agreeing with it. You know, I would just add that if you go to X or Twitter and you look through Elon Musk's replies, there are a lot of them. There's a large volume of them. But he has, for the last few months, engaged and boosted through his engagement. He, you know, he has a very large following. So when he replies to things, they get more um, you know, they get seen more. Uh, and he has boosted some truly ugly commentary, not just about Jews, but about um, racism, about gender politics, about trans rights. Today, uh, this anti-Semitic post getting the attention of even the White House, uh, condemning the language, Deputy Press Secretary issued a statement. This is part of the statement, quote, we condemn this abhorrent promotion of anti-Semitic and racist hate in the strongest terms, which runs against our core values as Americans. And Mark, that feels like something that's new. I can't remember the White House ever directly and proactively issuing a statement with regards to something that Elon Musk has tweeted out. And also notable, he was supposed to speak at APEC yesterday here in San Francisco, and he was taken off the schedule. We don't know why. You can't help but wonder if it had something to do with this. Um, so the blowback, right, what we've been talking about, it's been notable for how swift it's been, one, but two, also perhaps notable for how limited it's been. We're going to get to that, but let's talk more first about the blowout. And that's investors and brands. So we had Gary Black, a Tesla investor, and he's a frequent CNBC guest. He posted on X um, shortly after Musk tweeted that Musk has to stop the anti-Semitic remarks before he damages the Tesla brand. I want to believe the CEO's attitudes and Tesla brand equity are not linked, but my common sense tells me otherwise. And that's interesting because it hits on this idea that Tesla investors have sometimes been somewhat forgiving towards him, right? And he says he wants to believe that they're not linked, but it's hard to dispute that they are linked. And this is when sort of you, you can't dispute that. It's just staring you in the face. It's such a delicate moment in politics and geopolitics. And 
So that was interesting as well that Black came on our air this morning and he walked back that statement. He used softer language. And when he was asked if the language was anti-Semitic, he sort of wouldn't answer. Let's move on to another investor, Ross Gerber. He was on last call on CNBC last night. And he said on air that none of his actions, Elon Musk's actions, are for the benefit of Tesla at this moment. It's all about Twitter. He actually thinks in his weird world that the things he says matters. What he's really doing is destroying everything he's built. Right. And Tesla investors, you know, those those are just two examples. You've had you've had a you've had many examples of Tesla investors who are speaking out right now. Tesla is, of course, at the center of Musk's empire. It is, uh, you know, the largest source of his wealth and it has the most to lose here. It is a straight consumer brand which relies on, uh, you know, fans and customers going out and buying these cars quarter after quarter. It's also historically and you just hinted at this um, very linked to him as a person. Right. I don't think that like the Ford CEO is 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 linked very closely to the Ford brand. Uh, but you he's know, got to pay company... some advertising dollars and, and he yeah. has to pay pay the dealership. <laughs> but right, exactly. And this I is mean, uh, Tesla, on the other hand, doesn't doesn't of billions. Yeah, doesn't advertise and doesn't have dealerships. So a lot of the the way it builds brands and markets itself is through Elon Musk and the cult of personality around him. Yeah. And, you know, a good question for the investors, too, which we do ask on air is um, you can speak out about what Musk has said or tweeted. But are you selling shares? In a lot of cases, they're holding on to those Tesla shares. We're going to get to that in a moment. How does this actually affect the long term trajectory of Tesla or Elon Musk's wealth? But let's talk about the advertising piece, right? Because Tesla is sort of the crown jewel of the Musk empire. (laughs) So what would we call Twitter or X kind of the forgotten child, Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Not forgot. Forgotten isn't even a- accurate. The uh, the struggling, the struggling one, I suppose. And his latest comments could be deepening that already very precarious situation, right? He owes billions of dollars to the banks, um, hired a CEO, Linda Yaccarino, to get advertisers back on board. But you know, just over the last few days, we find out that IBM has stopped advertising on X after a report said that its ads were appearing alongside Nazi content. Comcast, our parent company, said it's looking into the matter. And we'll see who else could follow suit. But this was on the back of a report from Media Matters. And they called out a bunch of different companies that absolutely do not want their advertising beside anti-Semitic material. Right. And this was already an issue. So, you know, if we think about Tesla as sort of issue number one for Elon Musk and the way it could start to affect his business empire, issue number two, right, is Twitter. And and ad revenue at Twitter X uh, has already declined. You know, according to third party data, it's declined more than 55% every single month since Elon Musk took over. I mean, that means that some months it's even been down as much as, you know, 70%. So we already know from third party data and from reporting uh, you know, inside the company that advertising revenue has has fallen off. And that's the other way in which do comments like these do, uh, you know, companies like IBM, if they start to to continue to pull their advertising relationships, does that also um, start to impact Elon Musk? Right. And that affects the valuation of Twitter as a whole, which we know Elon Musk bought for $44 billion, and it's nowhere near that now. It's also a really tough gig already for ex CEO, Linda Yaccarino. Um, she came from 
our company. She came from NBC Universal and she was seen as this really strong ad executive. And like I said, she was brought into Twitter or X by Elon Musk to turn it around. So she did weigh in on Thursday and she wrote on X that the company's quote point of view has always been very clear that discrimination by everyone should stop across the board. I think that's something we can and should all agree on. Um, she also wrote, there's no place for it anywhere in the world. It's ugly and wrong, full stop. And it just feels like she's operating at a different company <laughs> in a different world than Elon Musk is. It's so at odds with what Elon Musk is doing. And that's sort of been the problem and the criticism um, all along since she took up this position. He's making her job very difficult. Right. And we talked about this when X went private, but but saying this is a private company is is really obfuscating the fact that they took on Elon Musk took on thirteen billion dollars of debt for a company that already didn't have a lot of cash flow. Right, this is not a highly profitable you know cash producing business. So there's this huge pile of debt that was taken on to take this company private. It's estimated that Elon Musk has to make a debt payment north of one billion dollars every single year. And if ad revenue is dropping, where does that money come from, right? Yeah. Does that money come from selling Tesla shares? Do they have to go out and raise more money? Um, but it continues, you know, uh, it doesn't take a, a large drop in revenue if they start, um, you know, needing to to find new sources of cash to pay off pay off their debt. That could put Twitter in a or X in a precarious position. And even before Elon Musk acquired the company, they sort of had these ad challenges. They weren't seen as a meta in the space or a Google, they didn't have, you know, that they weren't, they weren't able to track as well as some of the others. And it was seen that even before Musk took over that it needed some kind of turnaround. Um, the third bucket though, so we've talked about Tesla and Twitter or X, another angle to the story that we mentioned at the top, and that is Musk's Teflon ability, let's call it, his ability to avoid even greater blowback. This would be completely damaging to any other CEO or brand. I mean, that's it. They are, you know, a comment like many of the comments Musk has made, but particularly this one, it'd be hard for anyone to come back from. But take a look at Tesla shares. They were lower yesterday. I think last time I looked today, they were positive, but the point is not moving very much today. And it's still one of the best performing stocks this year, Mark. So when this stuff comes up and when you have even Tesla investors speaking out and wishing he wasn't saying or tweeting these things, the stock kind of endures. Right. And and he was previously scheduled to speak at, at ABAC, as you mentioned, and was replaced at the last minute. Um, I think it's curious to see, um, you know, do companies that lend Elon Musk money, do his investors, do his supporters, do other business leaders start to react? Mm -hmm. And we should note as well that, you know, billionaires like Bill Ackman and Mark Rowan, who came onto our network um, to talk about anti-Semitic activity at Ivy League universities, colleges, colleges or universities. I'm Canadian. You're Canadian or no. Yeah, they're all they're mostly universities. Mostly. OK. Um, to lead an Ivy League donor revolt, essentially, um, they were quick to speak out here. But, you know, we haven't heard from them yet. And you have to wonder are they going to speak out against Musk in the same way that they have during, you know, the Israel-Gaza conflict? 
I think that's a really fascinating point that you brought up that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. But exactly, do you see do you see people who are so quick to a month ago, um, you know, start decrying that anti semitism, start to to criticize Musk personally, and and then what does that do to the Elon Musk brand? Um, you know, we did see today a coalition of 163 Jewish leaders issue a statement under the banner X out hate. Uh, and reiterated their call for big companies like Disney, Apple, Amazon to stop funding X through their ad spending. It also called on Apple and Google to remove X from their app stores uh, per their own rules. I'm not sure if any of that is actually going to happen, but the the pressure on advertisers for sure is real, as we talked about with uh, with IBM. Which has been there before, but we had this conversation on Tech Check today with Sarah Eisen when we were talking about this. You know, she brought up the idea that this is such a delicate situation and timing that this maybe has the ability to be different than past, you know, uh, advertising boycotts against the platform. So we'll see how this all plays out. Um, last point here, Mark, something that you and I find fascinating because we we cover the world of tech and Silicon Valley, and there's no shortage of outspoken business leaders. Um, who are willing to talk on all sorts of issues, right? Um, people that come to mind, Mark Andreessen, Keith Verboy, Peter Thiel, uh, they're kind of iconoclasts, right? But the difference here is that they're private investors. They don't have a consumer brand. They have LPs, but they don't have shareholders who can buy and sell their stock on a daily basis. Elon Musk, you said this earlier, he's a brand. His companies operate in the public markets and among public consumers. So I don't think we've yet to see how consumers are taking this. And that's going to take a little longer. That's going to be affecting Tesla through sales of actual vehicles. Yeah. I mean, does does Tesla's brand halo start to start to deteriorate? Um, you know, I, I think that's another really key point. And that the the circus around Elon Musk is not an accident, right? It's not a distraction from his day job of running of running Tesla. The circus, the attention, the dr- drama that he creates is designed to help sell cars, to raise money, you know, to send satellites into space, to dig holes in the ground. Uh, you know, he very purposefully tries to get attention. Um, you know, the incendiary statements are are sort of part of the the brand that he's yeah, built, but the point brands can turn really quickly, you know, do consumers start voting with their feet? And do they move over to threads instead of Twitter? Or do they start buying Rivians and, you know, hybrid Toyotas instead of Teslas? Good point. There's more options um, for consumers to turn to than perhaps there have been in the past. We will continue to cover this story. And we'll be back next week. So have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll see you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.